The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on ya. All right, you heard the music. You know the show. It's the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm, of course, in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me is the fact that it is all over with. All the dress rehearsals have been completed. The season, as we know it, the regular season is over with, and it is determined. That's right. Who's going to play in the big game? Of course, we know what the big game is called. The big game is called the Super Bowl. And, of course, that's a game that I never played in. But here on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, I'm going to talk a lot about ah, almost getting there. What it's like, or at least what it was like for me, to watch that game on Sunday. In particular, the game that I'm talking about, of course, is the game of which probably was the better game of the two. They were both very good games, but we, we, there's no doubt about it. We all have to admit, the Minnesota Vikings in the New Orleans Saints was a very, 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 very good football game. I mean, it was a little ugly, and there were mistakes. Of course, there were uh, some turnovers. Turnovers. Wow. Did I have to jump into that that fast? Because when it's all said and done, the majority of times, all you have to do is just look at who wins the turnover battle. And in football, I'm sure it's the same way in basketball. You know, in baseball, if you have the most errors, I'm sure it, it would lead up to, okay, you're probably not going to win the game as well. Same thing probably happens in, in tennis. You know, you fall, you know, you probably don't win. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert in tennis because I'm not. But certainly, you know, he who or she who makes the most mistakes probably is going to come back to bite you. And as I sat there and I watched that game, you know, I, I won it. I'm not sure I wasn't rooting for Brett Favre to play against Peyton Manning. That may have been the game. That may have been the matchup of which I thought perhaps maybe would have been the most significant in terms of the history of the National Football League. To to have two perhaps maybe quarterbacks that possibly, based upon where they are in their careers, could statistically go down as two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And that perhaps maybe would have been the football game of which many people wanted to see in terms of what would happen in the Super Bowl. But that didn't happen. But I couldn't help but to take myself back and to degress in my life and go back, you know, 20 some odd years and, re- and remember that day in Mile High Stadium as that game was about to wind down and Brett Favre was in a position to take his team down and score. Wow. And it happened. I mean, I'm sure there are many other Cleveland Brown fans out there like myself. 
that you went right down memory lane, memory lane right with me. You were right behind me or standing next to me holding my hand. You know, I didn't cry this time around. I don't think I cried that time, you know. Uh, but, you know, that was the last football game that I played in. And, and when I watched things unfold for Brett Favre, there were a couple things that came to mind. First of all, there, are a re- there is a reason, and there will always be reasons, while there are coaches and why there are players. Because players have to play, and coaches must coach. A player can never get too big for the game. Never too big for the game where he reaches a point where it's okay to give him some type of leeway on the field and give him the ability to be able to audible, to change the defense, you know, based upon what he sees, to make adjustments on the defensive side of the ball, yes. To make adjustments on the side, offensive side of the ball, yes. But to completely let that player just, wow, have complete control. I'm not saying that Brett Favre had complete control, but you can believe this. Because at one point in time, as I watched the game, I thought that perhaps maybe Brett might have called over or signaled over to the sidelines and said, hey, let's let Adrian just sit on the sidelines for a couple minutes and let it soak into him. Because right now he's having trouble holding on to the ball, and it's extremely important now that he doesn't fumble again. I think that went through Brett's mind. If he said it, I don't know. Did he think it? I'm sure he did. It was obvious. There was a few plays when he wasn't in there. And if Brett wasn't thinking it, somebody else made the choice. I will say this. In my opinion, I think the coaches were at, you know, at fault to a great degree. First of all, you got 12 men on the field. I'm, I, that, that penalty has to be shared. I mean, yeah, that penalty has to be shared between the coaches and the players. Because, listen, basketball and football, in some you know, instances of what's in those games, they're very similar. When one man goes out, another man must come in. You, you, you can't be in a huddle with 12 people in a huddle. If you go in a basketball game, you check in, you tell somebody, come out, hey, I got you, you know, who'd you have, I got him or whatever. And football, you know, when you come in, somebody's got to come out. Can't be with one center in the game at a time. There's going to be two guards, but if there's three of us in the huddle, one of them got to get out. If there's two tackles in the huddle, hey, already, and I come in, I'm a tackle. One of them got to go out. You know, if we're going to run, uh, you know, one tight end and it's a tight end in the game, and I come in, I'm a tight end, then the other one has to go out. If it's two wide outs and I come in, hey, somebody's got to come out, or running back, somebody's got to come out. Now, that communication should have been the coaches, whoever sent the, the player in, should have known that, hey, he went in, but nobody came out. And certainly shouldn't be in the huddle. Now, so that that kind of bothers me a little bit there. So that when I talk about that, and all of those of you who watch the game, I think you understand the fact that we're talking about you know late in the game that of course the Minnesota Vikings got a penalty of which put them in a position where now they line up and consider throwing the ball. And I went right into this because this is deep. I mean, I feel it in my heart because I feel the pain that the Minnesota Vikings felt. But then after that. When you decide you're going to pass the ball, if everybody and their mamas, excuse me, I'm going way back to the hood in Canton, Ohio. Shout out to the folks in Canton, Ohio. Why in the world is it that everybody and their mamas and daddies could remind Adrian to hold on to the ball? But did everybody forget who our quarterback, who our quarterback is 
and who our quarterback was at that moment? Probably a quarterback of which we already know has the record for interceptions. A quarterback of which we know every now and then he goes back into the old Brett Favre mode. And we don't need that right now. Why were the coaches not in that? Why were, not, why were they not thinking of that? Why were they not aware? Why were they not in that space at that time? And why couldn't they take the time out to say, Brett, okay, we're, we're here. We're close enough now. Take care of the ball. Don't force anything. Don't take a sack. If you have to, throw the ball away. If you get out of the pocket, if you got a chance to run, go ahead and run with it. Make sure you slide. Get down. Coach, why didn't? And I'm not sure they didn't. But to me, it was apparent. It was very obvious to all of us that they were reminding Adrian how to take care of the ball. People were going up to him. I didn't see anybody say anything to Brett. I didn't when he was over near the sidelines, you know, nothing. You know, uh, he's out there on the field. You know, hey, somebody's got to say something. Remind Brett, he's, he's one of your team players. I used to do it all the time when I, you know, in college ball. There wasn't a time when I came off the field and the offense came on the field that I didn't go to Art Sleaster and always tell, hey, Art, hey, listen, man, you can always throw it away. Don't have to throw the interception. Don't have to take the sack. Throw it away. I constantly did that to him all the time. Art, hey, throw it away, man. Don't take the sack. Throw it away. Don't throw the interception. Somebody, Brett Favre, you know, I'm not going to blame Brett for this because, hey, he's a creature of habits. And I'm sure if nothing else, you know, come on, Brad, Brad, you you reached out to grab Brett to bring him so that you and him could celebrate this moment. You saw this moment coming. You knew you had to envision just like your the guy you played against, he envisioned a game-winning 42-yard field goal kick. You had to envision this moment. It was either going to be a win or a loss, and what were the circumstances of which would have caused you to lose? And so when you found yourself in that position, why didn't you say, wow, here I am, here's the moment. I got to make sure Brett doesn't throw and enter. I got to make sure Brett takes care of this ball because this is the moment of which People were going to criticize me and him for for years. And I know what those circumstances are. And when I first brought him in here, you can believe the reason why Brett Favre didn't throw all those interceptions like he normally does. And the reason why he took care of the ball like he normally hasn't done in the past is because he was reminded by Brad. To, Brett, no, I don't need that Brett Favre. You're older. You're more mature. You're more responsible. Be responsible for the team. And let's not just try to be that great quarterback. You're already that great quarterback. Let's just take care of things right now. Take care of that ball. Man, I wish he could. Because on the other side of my break, I want to tell you what it, I I know. I know what it feels like. I know what what Brett's teammates, I know what they feel. It's one of those things where you just, man, I just want to do it again. But you don't get another chance. It's over with. You may never get another chance. Wow. Boy, they say the next best thing to playing the game and winning is playing the game and losing because some people never get a chance to play the game. Man, I don't know about that. <laughs> you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. They don't like it matters. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. 
school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is the Real of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, um... A couple things happened uh, before I did this show, and it happened last week, and I I didn't get a chance to to say anything about it. And I just want to, uh, you know, Teddy Pendergrass, one of the greatest entertainers uh, of R&B that ever existed. And uh, he he made great music uh, during the 70s uh, and 80s, of which uh, I helped contribute, helped him become multi-platinum singer because I always had his music and and I just appreciate the music that he made and uh and his work and uh, in fact used to be a neighbor of mine uh, of course I knew him he didn't know me um but uh just wanted to give a god bless shout out to you Teddy up there in heaven enjoy yourself brother and uh that's it so let me let me I just wanted to say that cuz that's uh the sound of Philadelphia Teddy Pendergrass let me take a moment of silence real fast Okay, and uh, now let me get back to what I was talking about before the break. In fact, some people said the next best thing to playing the game and winning and playing the game and losing 
because some people never get to play the game. Shout out to my homeboy, Charlie Weatherspoon. But uh, Spoon, man, I just, I'm not sure. And you're a very intelligent man, a Yale graduate, and I know, you know, you guys always seem to somehow uh, work things out and figure them out and, and all that other stuff you do at those Ivy League schools. But I, I just can't figure that one out because I still feel the pain today of not winning the game, which has become known as the fumble. Shout out to my man, Ernest Biner. I, I said this on my Facebook page, and I will continue to say this. Just like Brett, Sunday and his loss and his team's loss, we went through something very similar like that in Mile High Stadium with Ernest Biner. And I want to say this on record because that was the last game I played, and that may have been the last day that I ever saw Ernest Biner. And I just want EB to know that, man, I do not blame you for that, and nor does the rest of your teammates. I'm sure you know that. Because we would have not been in a position to win that game had it not have been for you. I mean, everything, every ounce of energy that you had. As a matter of fact, E.B. and I got into a little scuffle during the week because he and I were just so determined to be prepared to the best of our abilities for that game. I think we were someplace in New Mexico. They had taken us, you know, because of the high altitude. And we were, we both wanted to make sure that we were in the best condition we could possibly be in. And during practice, you know, Ernest, he wants to run the ball, you know, 20 yards, 30 yards, you know, to feel what it's like to run the ball. And I don't want anybody to run past me because I don't want to feel, I don't want to get pick up a habit of missing tackles. So I try to wrap EB up, you know, I wrap him up and everything, and Ernest, ain't go, he ain't going for that. So here we are, you know, you know, about to go to blows with each other. And it's just a matter because that's the intensity level, which our preparation had taken us to that point. Man, get off me. Let me do my thing. No, nah, I'm not going to let you just run through me. I can make tackles. That's how intense it got during practice for an AFC championship game. So I know that when Ernest came into that game, the last thing he wanted to do was fumble. But I just want to thank him because it was one of the greatest football games that it was ever AFC championship games that was ever played. It was so competitive, and it went right down to the wire, and it would not have been as interesting in the end had it not been for the performance of which he had throughout that entire game. And that's the point I want to make about Brett. That, sure, there were many turnovers. I think there were four fumbles in the game. That game was as interesting as it was because of the effort of Brett Favre and the rest of his teammates too. You know, a quarterback can throw the ball, but a receiver has to catch it. You know, they, the ball can be on the money many times, but guys drop the ball. It doesn't make the quarterback look too good. Ball may be off the money. Receiver make a great catch. That makes the quarterback look good. But all in all, the quarterback must play a very good game for a team to win the game. And I just want people to stop and think about it. The Vikings have four turnovers, five. Just think if they didn't turn the ball over, if they would have scored all those times. I'm not so sure that that game couldn't have been close to being, maybe it would have been a blowout. I don't know. But they were going, you know, you know, back-to-back scoring. So perhaps maybe it just would have been, okay, after they scored, then perhaps maybe the Saints would have came back and scored again. They were, they were exchanging touchdowns. So that might have just made the score a little bit higher. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know what the outcome might have been. But I can tell you this. Brett Favre earned his money. We all know the expectations of Brett Favre this year 
by a lot of pundits out there was that the man should have hung the game up, the cleats, the shoes, the helmet, the mouthpiece. He should have been out, gone. You know, don't put your wife through the misery of being up in the stands of seeing you take them hits like you were taking. It's a young man's game. I don't disagree. It's a young man's game. But I did not agree, nor do I still not agree with the fact that Brett should have hung up his cleats. Brett Favre did the right thing. Football is a game where, listen, football will tell you sometimes and many times prematurely, age-wise, that your time is over. But if your body allows you to do this, now one thing about us as, as football players, thank God, I, you know, I've been around for a few decades. It, you, you will have some aches and pains post-career that you may not feel while you're playing. You know, that's why last year I always said that the worst thing in the world for Brett to do to make a decision was even when he was with the Packers that final year was they made him, they asked him for a decision right away. All you have to do is go back a week before the game of which Brett Favre played in this past weekend and go back to the game of which when the Arizona Cardinals were playing. And I believe they were playing New Orleans Saints. And just look at the, the hit. That Kurt Warner took. Now, the first time in my life I ever thought that that perhaps maybe should have been a penalty on, on, on the lineman. For what reason? I don't know. I guess for the simple fact that he hit the man so hard. And sometimes, you know, and Dez, shout out to Dez. Dez talked about it. I, I talked, I've always talked about it because when I negotiated my contract, I, I told them this is what I want, why I want to be paid. I want to be paid because I create what's called woo hits. You don't know what a woo hit is? Okay. As Dez said, it's in the stands. People watching the game, and somebody get hit, and everybody go, woo. But I call it a woo damn because you go, woo, damn. Because you're not sure he's going to get up. And, 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 and that's what happened to Kurt Warner. Woo, damn. But he got up. Now, that hit that Kurt took, it's going to take him a long time before that is out of his mind, and he's going to think, man, do I really want to keep taking hits like this? And Brett Favre has come back, and Brett took a few of those, you know, that Tom Brady rule. Okay, I know I was kind of, you know, pushing for the Saints. But that Tom Brady rule that's in effect, you can't tell me that, that Brett didn't get hit like that in the game. He got hit like that. The man was down, and he lunged at his knees, and come on, man. Protect the quarterback. Call it what it is. But I'm not going to blame that on the game on the referees, although they didn't do the best job of officiating. Um there's just sometimes where you got a guy like Brett who's 40 years old. He gives his best. We all say he shouldn't come in. He shouldn't be playing. I believe the man should play until he's done. He doesn't want up to us out of his blood. But I'm also going to say this to you, Brett, in case you're looking, you're listening. It's never going to be out of your blood. It's in it. It is contained. Your blood is contaminated with football. It will always be a part of you. I'm not sure, but chances are you've probably lived more years, especially since the fact you're a pro football player, more years than you're going to live. You're 40. Chances are you're not going to live to be 80. So it's in your blood. It'll take a long time for it to come out of your blood. So get used to it. And the fact of the matter is, Brett, I know you want to go out on top. If you decide to quit now, you will go out on top because you gave it your best until you were 40 years old. You gave us your best. Nobody can say he didn't give us his best. Was that his best pass, the last one that he threw? 
No. But did he give us his best? Yes. And for that, he needs to be commended. He will go down as one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. Listen, for a game like that, it has to be two good quarterbacks to, to even for a game like that to happen. If he's got a terrible game, that game's not, it's not a good football game. We're not talking about it today. It, it, it went in overtime. Come on. We have to give the man credit. Now, should he come back next year and play? I am telling you, as hard as it, I can't believe that I played in two AFC championship games back to back. And I, I need to stop talking. It ain't about me. It's not about Ray. The hell with Ray. I'm just trying to give you an indication of how hard and how difficult it is. That's what those guys struggle about. When they're trying to make up their minds, they're like, you know, how, you're, in the, you're in the weight room and you're trying to bench press. Those of you, there's some who are trying to push up 100, some trying to push up 200, some three, some four. If you're trying to push up five, something wrong with you, stop taking that stuff. But you know how hard that is, and then you want to try it again? When you try it again, you still don't get it up again? And you, you don't try that third time. Well, Brett, he tried it last year with the Jets. He didn't get it done. He tried it again this year with the Minnesota Vikings. He didn't get it done. I don't know, Brett, for your safety, not for your talent. I'm not assessing your talent. I'm saying for your safety. I don't know if a 41-year-old man needs to take the type of pounding that you, it's just, you know, you can't get away from it. It's a part of the game. I'm not sure you should subject yourself or your family to that. I believe you and your wife have children. Enjoy your children, man. You gave us so much. I'm, I'm appreciative of it. You know, I'm a part of a fraternity that I can sit there and be proud of the fact that somebody spent a lot of money to watch a football game and that they got their money's worth. So you did the game well. As they say, well done. Give it up. Relax. Enjoy it. Talk about it. It's a lot of fun on this side of the mic, Brett. And then you can talk about some things and you can call some people out like you've been called out for so many years for giving your best. But some of those people didn't give their best, they didn't do their best, and they weren't the best. But Brett Favre, right now, you're one of the best, man. Thank you for giving us your best. I got to take a break, and then I'm going to talk about some other things, like another one of the best ever, Peyton Manning. This is Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree 
Pfizer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribs, No Average Joe is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for dialogue to the Voice America Business Call every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Real Sports, the Voice America Network. Of course, I'm in Phoenix, as I always say, living like it matters. And uh, what does matter to me is football. I appreciate the fact that I get a chance to talk about a game that I love so much. It's in my blood, Brett, and it's going to remain in yours. Let me be clear so that if, in case, Brett Favre is to come back and, and somebody corners me one day and say, you said that Brett Favre, you know, shouldn't come back. I'm saying that Brett owes the game nothing anymore. I'm saying that Brett has proven himself to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the football game. And, I, and one of the reasons why I say that is because he has won a Super Bowl, too. I'm going to defend that, too. But I'm saying that he should enjoy his family a little bit now. He has the talent to come back. It's not that his, his skills have eroded and he does not have the t- He has the talent to come back. I'm saying it's a very hard hill to climb again. And the older you get, each year you get older, it's more difficult. So that's all I'm saying. And, and, and football years are like dog years. One year in football is like 10 in life to your body. That's the kind of damage it does to your, your body. Uh, shout out up there in the heaven to my, 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 my boy, young man, and I'm going to say who, who I taught the game to. And that's Andre Waters because, see, Andre gave me a call and thanked me for that before he passed away. But I'm giving that shout out to Andre because they had a special. They had a special on TV. Um, I think it was Brian Gumble has special, and uh, 
they were doing a special on the damage of of the brains, uh, something like concussions. And Andre kind of triggered it because his brain was one of which they they looked at. And uh, a former ball player, I think, from Harvard, you know, who was uh, doing a study. He's an attorney. Uh, he's not a doctor. He's an attorney. Uh, he kind of opened things up. Um, and I made a decision. I'm going to donate my brain, half of a brain. I think that's about what I have left. Uh, but certainly I, I, too, want to uh, partake. When I'm dead and gone, take a look at it. I'm sure there's some damage done to it. Besides the two times I was struck by lightning, you know, the football did a little damage, too. I probably did some damage myself as well. But anyway, Brett, you do have the talent. I'm just going to say that perhaps maybe you should enjoy your family a little bit. But anyway, so let me move on a little bit. Let's move on because where Brett didn't get a lot of coaching in the final game for him this year, uh, there was another game where perhaps maybe there was coaching and, and, and a lot of it. One thing that I've always liked, I, even young men that I talk to uh, at the high school level, I always ask them, when you come to the sidelines, do you ever get a chance to gather in a group and do the coaches come over and talk to you about what happened on the field? Talk to the other guys in case you get hurt. Somebody's got to go in for you. Talk to the rest of the people on offense or defense about what you saw, what you thought they tried to do to you, you know, what play you think can work. Communication is key. I will tell you this. When I watch the Indianapolis coach, I don't think there is more coaching that goes on than any other team in the NFL. And I think it has always been like that. They have done a tremendous job of communicating with the coaches and the players. Uh, and, and Peyton always goes to the sideline. He wants to get the photos. He wants to look at them, and he wants to talk about them. They just had a piece. Uh, there's a piece out there on NFL.com where they'll show where there was some controversy about a few years ago when Peyton uh, was in a game, and, and they threw the ball down in the red zone three times, and his center, Jeff Saturday, thought they should run the ball, and he started talking about it on the sidelines. Okay, that communication was not welcomed by Peyton, and so Peyton got up, got in his face, and you know, expressed the fact that, hey, listen, you don't call the plays. I call the plays or the coach calls the plays, but we don't need you calling plays. You know, when we're going to run the ball, just, you know, that's, we'll run it. But if we're going to pass it, just make sure you block. Effing block is what he said. <laughs> and then he realized he, he forgot. In the moment, he forgot that he was mic'd up. And then he started telling his, you know, his teammates, oh, man, man, I'm, I'm mic'd up. They get all that. Everything I said, they, I, I, I just, you know, he, he, he lost it. But that's okay because then what happened is then they started coaching. The coaches started coaching. The players relaxed, and they started communicating. They started coaching. Well, I will tell you this. In my opinion, when you saw that game Sunday and the coach were playing against, I guess, the Jets, because the Jets started off, you know, wow, like they were playing by themselves because the Jets were all over Peyton Manning. But here's what I, here's, here's what I believe. And, and, I, and I, I know football well enough to know that there are things that are done to a team early on. I, I remember there was early on in, in, in my career in Cleveland, the first year in Cleveland, I played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, and I thought that they were the game plan was to try to take advantage of me. And I went into this zone. I'm like, whoa, really? Not today. And I believe what happens is early on what will happen is some teams will show what their plan is. 
And when they do that early on, then some people will make adjustments. But then there are other people who will take calculated risks based upon the game plan and say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just stay with things for a while for the first half. And then we're going to make adjustments at halftime. And then the second half, we'll make the adjustments and they won't have time to make the adjustment to what we've adjusted to. And therefore put us in an advantage because games are won in the second half. I don't care what game it is in football, the games are won in the second half. You, if you, you win the football game in the first half, you're probably not going to necessarily always, if that's all you got to give, you kind of, you know, as they say, hey, the load's gone. You shot the bullet. <laughs> oh, man, he's got five more. So games are won in the second half. You gain momentum at halftime. Also look at the halftime, how a team finishes the first half. The Indianapolis Colts are very well known for finishing games the first half of a game. They finish well at the first half. They either get points on the board, whether field goal or touchdown, or they stop you. And that, that's momentum. You're going, into that, you're going into halftime with momentum, and emotionally you're charged up. You know, they're, they're, that's just this adrenaline that flows in your body. And you could just look at, you know, look at the, the, the body. Look at the body of the players, the, the, the swagger or the lack of swagger. And it'll, it'll kind of let you know, wow, look at them, man. They, don't, they, they look a little down. Football is a game of emotions. And sometimes you can read, you know, oh, I think we got him. You know, his body language is such, oh, I, oh we got him. Somebody's hurt, you can read the body language. You know, Brett was beat up in the game. You saw his body language. You know, his knee was bothering him or ankle or something got it taped. So the body language, the head down, you know, the lack of communication with other players. You know, read into those things. You know, they, they matter a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and say to you that I think without a doubt in my mind that the Indianapolis Colts made adjustments. I think Peyton got sacked two, maybe two or three times in a row. That didn't happen in the second half. They made adjustments. And that's, that's, what, that's what coaching is all about. You, you got to make the adjustments at the right time. You got to step up. You got to let people know, hey, here's what we got to do. Just, just hold on. Let's just maintain. And t- we're not going to show our trump card. So what we got to do, we just got to stay in the game the first half. But second half, we're going to come in. We're going to make some adjustments at halftime. We already know what the adjustments are going to be. We just want to see what they plan on doing, what they're trying to do to us. And the Jets shot the load at the first half. And it was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's what they're going to try to do? Oh, okay. We, we got something for that. We, we, we truly have something for that. We have Peyton Manning for that. And Peyton already knows, based upon, you know, game preparation, when he gets to the line of scrimmage, what he's going to do. Now, also, I want, you know, think about the Indianapolis Colts, how well prepared this team is. I don't know when the last time I saw this team get a delay of game penalty. Peyton goes up to the line of scrimmage. He takes full advantage of the clock. He always knows what's going on with the clock. And everybody else does as well. All the players around him are aware of the fact. Very few times you see Peyton Manning and his receivers, he thinks they're running one pattern, they run another pattern. They're, they're always on the same page. If, if, anything, if anything, I think somebody needs to go, if, there, if there's somebody who's mastered football, if there's a blueprint about how to run an offense, they're, I believe they're running the same system of which Tony Dungy has been running for years. 
go sit down and talk to those guys. They're doing something right there. Peyton Manning has it right. Peyton and the coaches and the offensive line and the receiver, everybody's because the parts are interchangeable. They're interchangeable. The receivers are interchangeable. You know, there's a couple guys on the team that, you know, at receiver position that, that weren't there when they won the Super Bowl. So, but it all has to come together at the right time. They're clicking on offense, defense, and special teams. All those things are clicking at the same time. And that's what makes for a very, very good football team. But there's also another very good football team that they're playing against, too, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Right now, the two best teams, yes, the two best teams, the two hottest quarterbacks in the league are going to be playing for the Super Bowl for the Lombardi Trophy. So it's come down the way it should have, the way this was evolving the entire season. There's no mistake. I mean, last year, the Arizona Cardinals were there. Okay, they weren't predicted to be there. You know, even I think they came in, even with the record, they came in at, ah, no, they weren't predicted to be there. These two teams, when you look at the NFC and you looked at the AFC, this, you know, at the end of the season, these were probably the two teams that should have come out. Minnesota was expected to be there, perhaps maybe by those who didn't think that the Saints would make it in. They got to the championship game. But right now, Drew Brees is going to go up against Peyton Manning. Peyton's childhood team. Man, talk about dreams come true. The only thing different for, for, for Peyton could be the fact that he would be in the New Orleans Saints uniform. But certainly in his dreams, the New Orleans Saints were there. But he probably was wearing that uh, uniform on the other side, 18, probably in a, in a black and gold jersey. But not going to happen that way. But what is going to happen is Peyton Manning is going to play against the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to give a shout-out my frat brother. Going to the Super Bowl as a rookie, Malcolm Jenkins. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm going to take a break. Talk a little bit about the Player Network event on the way back, too. Come back, okay? I'll be here. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports all right we're listening to the sports on voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters said we're going to talk a little bit about the player network event of course i just wanted to remind all those of you out there particularly uh, former and current players, NFL players, go to troop21.com, T-R-O-U-P-E, troop21.com, and uh, find out about the Player Network event. It is a, it's a dynamite affair. It's uh, probably one of the best, uh, hot, I don't know if you call it a perk, uh, but it's one of those things... Uh, a supportive service that is provided by a third party of which will be tremendously value, valuable to you uh, before the career is over with because that's when you need to take advantage and start thinking about that transition uh, before your career is over because it makes it much more easier. Uh, shout out to my fraternity brothers in the National Football League, current and former players. We are one. We continue to strive to uh, see if we can get that CBA deal done for the benefit of all of us and our families. So keep doing the work. Jeff Nixon, outstanding work. Continue to send that information out um, and make sure everybody gets it and, and share it with everybody. Double D, Rue, look forward to seeing you down there in Miami. And uh, as I said, uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that game. Um, wow. I, see, this is the last show. No, I'm going to do one more show before the Super Bowl, so I'm not going to, you know, pick who's going to win this game because the Pro Bowl is coming up. Let me talk a little bit about that Pro Bowl that's coming up, too. And and the Pro Bowl, sometimes the NFL, it, listen, if it works, you know, if it's not broke, it works. It's not broke. It works. Now, I'm going to say in this particular case, the Pro Bowl game works. What doesn't work is perhaps maybe the fact that it's in Hawaii. It should be here in the States. You know, not everybody can have the chance to go to Hawaii. It's extremely expensive to get there. And although I've been many other places around the world, I haven't been to Hawaii, but I've heard it's pretty expensive. It's a nice trip for the players and their family. I agree that. But to bring it into a place like Miami, that's fine. But not a week before the Super Bowl. For one thing, I don't know what you were thinking, and I'm talking to the National Football League at this time, but because of the way you arranged for that game, there are players that are playing in the Super Bowl who cannot participate in the Pro Bowl. And so because they can't play, 
I'm educating some fans, too, because the players that are playing in the Super Bowl cannot play in the Pro Bowl. Then there's somebody else who has an incentive in their contract that if they make the Pro Bowl, some people get I mean, six figures is nothing. Some people may get, you know, an extra hundred fifty, two hundred fifty, three hundred, half a million dollars extra. But the fact of the matter is there's no asterisk next to that. It's not, oh, I only get to play in the game because somebody got hurt or whatever. No, if you make the Pro Bowl, you get those incentives in your contracts. That means you still got to pay the person that's playing in the Super Bowl. So I'm sure some owners are rethinking this thing. It's like, wow, you know, how much money am I going to actually make on this game that I got to, you know, this is this is costing me double. So I'm not sure. I've, I've got to figure that one out. And I'm going to go do a little bit more research to find out how they're addressing that. Because, listen, whoever's playing that Pro Bowl is not going to forego their incentives in their contract. Now they are considered an all-pro player. They made the Pro Bowl. And they want that. And, and, and sometimes if you make the Pro Bowl, your salary goes up another couple hundred thousand dollars. So that, that's a financial nightmare. But, but it happened. But the Pro Bowl is going to be in Miami this weekend. And another thing with the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a game... That again, <laughs> Ray Ray is not going to be taking that shot on Chad Uchocinco that he took during the year. Nor is he going to take that same shot on that guy in the end zone that he took in the playoff game. And the reason why is because this is the only game, if ever, even in preseason, you, in preseason you t- when the shot is there, you take it. And the Pro Bowl, there's a little bit of respect paid to the other guys almost like an NBA all-star game if a guy's got a dunk he clearly got the dunk you go okay let's uh, let's let him have it there's no real hard there's no hard fouls in the NBA all-star game and most of the time in the Pro Bowl nobody's trying to take somebody out like they would in a regular season or in a playoff game so that makes it a little different and then not only that is you're going to play hard but you're not going to play your hardest and for me, I'm always concerned whenever football players are not playing their hardest because you can always get hurt. And you may be going half speed and somebody else may be going three-quarter speed. And that's that old, you know, scientific equation. If I'm going, you know, this many miles an hour and that person's going that many miles an hour and he speeds up and he hits me, wham, okay? You never know. You know, you could be blocking somebody and falling on somebody's knees. So the Pro Bowl might be a game. If there's any part of the NFL that might ever be scrapped, I mean, there's something called the Pro Bowl, and you're considered an All-Pro. Then you made the Pro Bowl. And then we have what you call All-Pro. Those people who make All-Pro, they don't play in an All-Star game, but you get compensated for that. The Pro Bowl game may end up going away someday, particularly with all these, you know, the research is being done about concussions. Another game was, you know, the risk of maybe getting a concussion, whether somebody slams you on the ground, you hit your head, jump up, fall down, hit your head. Okay, they may cut that out. Just remember I said that. In case it ever happens, remember right here on Voice America Sports, on Rail of Sports, I said there's a chance they may cut the Pro Bowl out one day. But those guys that are going to the Pro Bowl, those guys who played in the NFC and the AFC Championship game, wow. They would like, they would much rather prefer to be the ones that walk out in Miami and just wave their hands because they're playing in the Super Bowl. Because ultimately, the Super Bowl is a game that I never played in. It's a Super Bowl, it's a game, the Super Bowl is a game that I always 
for the rest of my life. I'll just dream about it. I'll just think about it. I wish I would have played. That's why you give everything you have when you get a chance to play in the regular season games because you may not get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. When it's all said and done, it's over. You don't get to come. <laughs> football's one of those games. No, you don't, you don't play football the same way ever again in life once you hang those pads up, at the, particularly at the professional level. The college level, you might hang your pads up and then go try to play some semi-pro football and think you're playing football at the highest level. No, that's not it. So what I want to do is, uh, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about those people that are playing in that Super Bowl game. And i tell you what, uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton's got some weapons around him. You know, I like uh, Pierre Garçon. I, man, I like him. Big, strong, catch, catch the ball all the time. And he, he is a compliment to Reggie Wayne on the other side. Now, you know, you got some matchups there. You got some serious matchups there. And, and, and then they got the tight end, too. The tight end do, does an outstanding job. Peyton Manning has always found a way to make his receivers better. I, I'm not so sure when Marvin Harrison was there that I really felt that Reggie Wayne was that good. But then when, when Marvin has gone, Reggie Wayne has stepped up his game, and he is, he's an outstanding ball player. His numbers could exceed Marvin's if he continues to stay with Peyton and they're on this track for, you know, for a period of time. That, that could be something that's very interesting. And we'll, we'll see what happens. But, but then on the other side, they're also playing against some people which, <laughs> you know, there's no slouches over there. You know, Drew Brees has done an outstanding job of spreading the ball around. And I like that young running back he has, too. I mean, the young man, number 23, comes in, runs the ball, Pierre Thomas. I mean, it's over four yards of carry, big dude, you know, protects the ball well with the exception. I'm going to say this. I don't think Pierre got that first down. When he jumped over the top of the pile, I do not think he got the first down. He was hit. The ball went down to his, you know, lower knees around his waist area. I don't think when he had control, it's very similar to, of course, early in the season, when the New England Patriots went for it, and I think it was fourth and one, the guy caught the ball, but he bobbled it just a little bit, so it was where he got control of the ball is where they spotted at. That's what I think would happen in this particular game, too. But, of course, Pierre got away with it. I'll tell you what I'm going to get away with. I'm going to get away with out picking who's going to win the Super Bowl, at least on this show. But I'll do it next time. And guess what? That's the end of my show. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.